Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Uh, this week, I'm catching up with Hisco. How you going? Good, man. How are you? Thanks Good. for having me. No worries. Sorry, I should say Melbourne-based artist. Hisco. Yeah, Melbourne-based yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Why are you planning on going somewhere? Oh, maybe, but uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll stay put for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're one of the few artists I've had on here twice. Um, like last time I had you um, like on here was way back in episode 48, and we were you know, talking about the business of public art. Right, yes. Like, that was great, because I, I learned a lot from you, because you've, <laughs> you've had a lot more experience than I have. Yeah, no, it was it was good to talk about all that. I've been getting like uh, good comments about that too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Randomly, people bring it up. I actually had someone contact me just the other day saying, uh, found out about me through through Bench Talk. Oh, and cool. I don't even know. I think it was someone from overseas. Oh, that's young, good. Young guy, and yeah, he said, oh, like you know, would like to have a chat about this and that, and like, so very humbling, you know. <laughs> yeah, good, good to hear. Yeah. So are you, um, are you still doing a lot of public art? Oh uh, yes, at the moment, uh, it's the bread and butter. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm sort of like trying to push my own stuff a bit more, I guess. You know, trying yeah. to like win it down, dial it down a bit, because uh, I find it's one of those things where, like, I don't want people, like, you know, you do it. Like, I've been doing it for so long that people started just literally coming to me specifically for, like, that kind of commercial work. Mm. And, like, I'm trying to, like, squeeze in as much of my own personal sort of style or whatnot, you know, like, into it. But, yeah, it's just kind of, like, become a catch-22. So, uh, I think uh, I want to had like, a, a moment where I just want to step back a bit and concentrate on my own stuff a little bit and yeah refresh button you know <laughs> yeah how are you going about doing that yeah look i mean i i had like um normally like you know i always had group exhibitions like solo exhibitions and that was my way of like you know dedicating like a certain amount of time to studio practice and just haven't done that in the last three years or so i think because, um, yeah, the walls just took over and, um, yeah, like, I mean, the business is sort of good, I guess, you know, and never thought I'd be able to, like, do this full time. And all of a sudden, all these works just started, like, you know, coming up and they're all, like, you know, getting bigger and bigger. And so, yeah, I just, and I, maybe in the hand side, like, I think I was ready to have a break from canvases as well, because... It's a different sort of game, I guess, you know, and when when the walls started coming up more, it was really, like, kind of attractive at that time. Mm. And, but I mean, yeah, like, having to support family and, like, you know, kids and stuff, and when the money's, money's all right, then, you know, like, why change? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> And also with, I found with, um, like, you know, painting a wall, you can look at it and go, all right, I'll get that done in a week. And it's 100% definite paid work. Right. Whereas if you're sort of preparing for an exhibition or just painting in the studio just for fun or whatever, you 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 know invest a lot of time into it, but there's no guarantee that anything's exactly, going to sell. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It's, it's a balance, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Like, and I mean, it's it's kind of like on one hand you have all this like creative freedom mm. and do whatever like exactly you want to do and 
which is very fulfilling, like emotionally, yeah. <laughs> as an artist too. But at the same time, yeah, like like you said, there's no guarantee, and yeah, like I mean, now especially like you know, just bought a house as well, and have to pay mortgage, and uh, the missus like in between jobs, so yeah. I'm definitely feeling the pressure. But at the same time, I don't know, like like what do you say? You know, like the like jump and the net appears thing. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Where, uh, that happened to me like a fair few times. In, in the past, you know, where we were like literally stuck with no, like, you know, no choice. And then do you take the risk or not? And then every time we did it, it like, you know, benefited us like really well. And so I think, again, I find myself in that sort of situation where, all right, like, what do you do? And I could still, so like, I mean, I'm still doing lots of commission work and murals and stuff, but mm. Yeah, like trying to get into like, you know, like having an exhibition is a good way to force myself into that. Like, uh, like I want to be doing more of that than more walls, you know, like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but we'll see how we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, have you been getting any uh, cool jobs come through lately? Uh, I did one for YouTube that was surprisingly like, was pretty popular. <laughs> like, I didn't even sign it because it's like a billboard, you know. I painted a billboard for them, um, but it, like I quite enjoyed it actually because like at least they like you know gave me like enough freedom to project my own like imagery, like even though the brief was still specifically like you know had to have the brand colors and this and that, you know. Um, but um, yeah, it was it was good to work with with like, you know, the creative agency was handling it. They kind of like took the battle for me, I guess, you know, to to them and say like, we want him to be like, you know, more or less himself. Mm. And I find if they like, you know, if there's a good balance of that, usually works the best. Mm. Whereas if it becomes too commercial, then like, like, I'm just like, you know, human printer, I guess. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, like, uh, had a few issues with that one where, yeah, they didn't really have like the the council permits and there was like close to power lines and had to have like a spotter, you know, like traffic management plan, all that. And I kept like saying like, look guys, do you have it sorted? And they're like, yeah, I think it'll be fine. And booked this as a lift and all and then Sure enough, a council that came and like started taking photos. Like, yeah, all right, like, what are you trying to do here? And I'm like, fuck, all right. <laughs> um, issued a fine, um, just gave it to the clients, and um, but kind of worked out. This is like a, another wall just around the corner, and it was uh, facing their own, like the the property sort of car park. And I just got back on the phone with the with the client. Said like, look, I think I have a solution. If we paint this other wall, you don't need like it's off the sidewalk, you know. Mm. So it's like off the it's on on the private land, and you don't need to have like any permits and stuff, you know. And so they still had to like kind of go back to like YouTube, <laughs> to, like you know, get it okay and stuff, which. Delayed it for, for like a couple of days. I mean, like a couple of hours, but um, managed to get it all done. So, but yeah, again, on the spot had to change the whole like sort of design mm -hmm. and layout, you know, because 
from like something really landscape became like really kind of rectangular. <laughs> like, all right. But I mean, that's part of like, you know, painting walls, I guess, you know. Yeah, being that like a lot of the work you do is murals and site specific, um, like have you, you, have you mentioned before you've been getting into the studio a bit more? Like, how have you been like incorporating that into your, your work? Yeah, so I actually like come from more of like illustration, like painting sort of background, I guess, you know, and it was always there before walls and such. And um, I think maybe that was main reason I've been pushing walls, like, you know, sort of harder because um, I always knew that, you know, like the, the studio works always going to be there. Um, but yeah, like it's, I, I enjoy that balance a lot. Like it's, I think it's really important, like, especially like, you know, for my mental health, you know, like just to have that practice of like, you know, my own space where I zone out and just paint and draw whatever, like, you know, exactly how I want to do it. Or it's, I think like. Like, you know, you, I can't do that at home, you know? I can't do it anywhere else. Like, it has to be, like, a, my own, like, kind of like a man cave, you know? Like, here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it does wonders to your, like, you know, head, I think. Um, it's, like, a good release. And especially doing lots of, like, commercial work, it, like, man, it, it gets to you sometimes, you know? It, like, I'm, like, this paid monkey, like, you know, painting painting monkey dude <laughs> I, like literally feel that and I mean like it's given me lots of you know like opportunities meeting people like you know everything I've never even thought of like you know being possible came through painting walls and like and I love that for that you know like being outside being amongst like you know people on the streets like in the elements you know and it's awesome but at the same time yeah like um this equally important to have your own studio space and just work in that, I guess, like kind of isolation, I guess, almost, you know? Mm. I actually, like, my studio's always been like really messy and stuff and everybody kind of criticizing, <laughs> like, like, when you're gonna clean up? <laughs> but I think I can't have it too tidy, too comfortable either, you know? As soon as it gets too comfortable, I, relax too much and I, I have to like you know kind of like create I, I think it's about like conditioning yourself and like um, back in like old blender days um, when I had the studio downstairs like I, I had to like you know just even like place things within the studio so I had to like walk around and like, you know, work in separate parts of the studio instead of just having, like, one area to work in. And especially, like, in winter when it's, like, really freezing cold, I would, like, you know, set the easel on one side and then have the paints on the other end. So, like, I had to walk to mix the colors and then walk back, you know. <laughs> Get a bit movement going. Yeah, and just to kind of, like, create some kind of, like, uh, environment, I guess, you know, not just sitting down and, like, you know, like, I guess, like, kind of, like, I couldn't get it too comfortable. And and I had it in the past where I had, like, a, like, you know, couch or, you know, like, a nice armchair. Mm -hmm. And um, when it becomes too much of, like, a relaxing, loungy kind of, like, you know, atmosphere, 
my brain doesn't work as well, you know, like, mm. I just want to, like, relax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I'm the opposite. I, I, I want to get an armchair or something for an ear. <laughs> sometimes I find, um, you know, if I've been working really hard all week, it gets it gets to a point where it's like maybe two in the afternoon and I just need to just sit down for 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. And all I've got is like stools or or something, you know. But I guess if you think of uh, other jobs, you know, you don't really, like unless you work for some, I don't know, fancy design agency or something. A lot of places don't have like an area, a couch for you to just like crush out on. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> That, yeah, um, got to treat it like a work workplace, I guess, you know? Yeah. And, and it's all in your head, really. Like, yeah. Especially, like, working for yourself. You have to create that environment for yourself, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Are, you, uh, are you still in Versus Studio? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the... I've been here, like... I've been there nearly, well, like, over a year. Like, a year and a half. Hmm. Um, but, like, just been mostly out of the studio, you know? My studio's mostly, like, a... Uh, storage, yeah. <laughs> storage unit for spray paints. <laughs> yeah, I know because I went there. Uh, I went there ages ago and um, just to see someone, and they go like, "Oh, this is Hisco's spot," and it's like it, all it was was a big pile of spray paint. <laughs> like, like, okay, so it's his storage storage unit. <laughs> yeah. um, I've managed to. Yeah, ben Frost gave me this like uh, metal shelves, um, and I just put all the paints up in little crates. Um, it's much more of a studio space now. I'm happy about it, and yeah, I've been good to actually yeah, spend some time in there and just like you know work in a studio environment again, you know, because it's it's nice to like be around everyone else, like you know, discuss ideas like on a daily basis and kind of like go back and forth over like and see other people's like you know like progress or like you know whatever they're working on and uh, AD who's like my next door neighbor at the studio like we're from even like way back in blender days we were like neighbors and then yeah, he just had a show opening last night and we were there like kind of like good old days where you know just sitting like next to each other and like working away and both super busy you know like painting and doing stuff and um it was nice really nice i enjoyed that a lot actually <laughs> yeah who else is in the studio uh so there's um well ben frost and gt who run it and gt's the arterial uh, guys you've interviewed here obviously and um there's uh, ian strange kizum he's got a big space in there too um more like a private space and unwell bunny mysterious al um, F- Fletch, um, uh, who else? There's a couple other guys. Um, I don't see much. <laughs> yeah. I think, oh, I just go back. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, so it changes a bit, but it's, it's, it's a pretty nice bunch of guys, really. Like, hmm. in a way, I feel like most of the guys are kind of on that level where, you know, like the studio is more, feels more like a professional space than, like a hangout spot, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, that's what you want. Like Exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah I've been in places where uh, everyone's just sitting around. <laughs> it's mm. like, hey, no one's making any art. Yeah, you know? no, it's true. Yeah. And I've definitely been there than that. <laughs> um, but it's nice to have, like, you know, people are more or less on that same page mm. as you and... Especially, like, you know, working around, like, Ben Frost, for instance, you know, like, he's, 
like you know very successful like very much like you know he's been there done a lot of it ahead of like you know like you know most of us there and it's just seeing his process or like you know how he handles things or, like you instantly kind of like learn constantly you know like uh, which is yeah like what, what do you want from like a studio space i suppose you know yeah um and then yeah we'll just freely like talk about ideas and like help each other out you know like like you know because they they run the the gallery as well that um like for my upcoming show i want to do all this kind of like you know video installations and all these other things you know like even just like writing the the blurb you know like for the exhibition like ben was like handle that and say like fix it up or like you know or like make it make it work in a, in a like you know articulated better than than me you know like english is like my third language or whatever you know like i struggle <laughs> like with some things but like yeah it's just nice to have that kind of like you know level of like you know professional help i, I suppose you know yeah mm. so what like you're you're mongolian but mm. what's your um second language so i grew up speaking russian too Oh really? Uh, I went to like Russian kindergarten to Russian school uh, until I was eleven, I guess. Because um, Mongolia back then was communist, and there was like really heavy Russian influence, and it was all the Russian schools were the the better schools. So the story goes that yeah, my my old man like pretty much lined up all night, you know, to like sign me up for this school and and you still had to pass this test language test and stuff and quite yeah like lucky i guess back in those days um and i have like lots of other family members who went to like you know uncles and aunties went to the same school and it's quite well known one of those like older like established schools and through that there yeah, like learning another language early on i think helped me a lot in terms of picking up, like, you know, English, for instance, you know. Um, I lived in Poland when I was a bit, uh, like, 13. Um, and the Polish language is similar to Russian, like, in a Slavic language, you know. Like, it's very different. <laughs> but, but I could pick it up easier. And I was pretty fluent at that age um, for a number of years, you know. And... I used to like you know collect these comic books. They're all like uh, written in Polish, like translated into Polish, and all these movies. <laughs> like everything's in Polish for a while, but now I can't really like even like understanding is kind of become a bit tricky. Like because literally like out of practice, like mm. there's no one that I really kind of talk to, you know, in like practice like Russian as well. I can still understand, like, listen and understand everything, but, um, yeah, like, when I've, I can't hold a conversation, for instance, in Russian, like, without constantly, like, throwing in English words and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's a struggle. Yeah. It's like when, uh, when I was learning Spanish, I'd just put Spanish endings on the English words a lot <laughs> and just hope, hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of them you get right, some of them you get horribly wrong, mm. you know. So you've uh, you've got an exhibition coming up. You mentioned before, and yeah. um, and it's got a lot of uh, like Mongolian themes through it as well. Is that right? Yeah. So the exhibition is called Sky Burial, and 
like in a nutshell, like, uh, the the exhibition is kind of like a response to like my my relationship with Mongolia, I guess you know. Um, it's a bit like complex at times. Um, it's where I grew up, and I moved moved to Australia when I was twenty. So, and I'm nearly forty now. Like I pretty much spent half of my life there and half the other half here. You know, like my adult life pretty much mostly spent here. And I go back every year or every second year, and I've been doing a bunch of projects and things over there, but. Yeah, like I never really had an exhibition where I've addressed like the Mongolian side of things all too much, you know, because um, I don't know, it's especially like, you know, people here don't necessarily know too much about Mongolia or Mongolian culture or like history, let alone like the current affairs or, you know, like what, what like uh, social issues there might be at the moment, you know, and and I was kind of like pretty much removed from that early on too because I got away from there for a reason, you know, like it was pretty rough growing up in an environment where, you know, like, especially for a creative person, there was not many options to pursue a career in arts or like any kind of creative, like, uh, endeavors. You know, like, everything's just much harder and I've, I left because I wanted to be an artist, because I wanted to study fine art and do all these things. And now I can fully say, like, you know, I'm doing it. And even though I'm nowhere near, like, made it, but still, like, managing to do it full time. And all these guys back home look at me as, saying, like, someone who's made it, you know. And we're just, like, I guess I've made it to, to, to an extent. and. But also, like, you know, having that eye on me, like, constantly, part of the work I started producing specifically for the Mongolian audience, you know, and, and I'm building up this, like, you know, pretty decent following back home. Every time I go back, I do something. I would do, like, uh, TV interviews or, like, you know, newspaper magazines and stuff like that. And gradually people getting to, like, you know, be more and more interested in what I do. And, but having the attention is one thing. and having actual works to show them is another thing, you know, and uh, like a couple of years specifically started creating more public walls with Mongolian sort of themes and issues. Um, I did that uh, mural about air pollution problem in Mongolia and that it's like a very sort of like sensitive issue, like it's, it's one of the biggest issues. Mongolian, like, you know, Ulaanbaatar is the worst in the world at the moment in terms of air pollution. And it's all, like, during the winter, like, uh, time. Because the whole city is surrounded by the slum areas, like the Mongolian Gur districts. The city is built in this valley, so it's surrounded by mountains. So when comes winter time, the temperatures drop to, like, minus 40 degrees, you know. Wow. Like, can like mostly it's like minus 30 something minus 20 like minimum you know like and everyone like uh, m keep moving into city from like you know being in a, like a nomad all their lives and stuff you know like they would one harsh winter can wipe up all your livestock and mm. they have no choice but to move to the city and Ulaanbaatar is still pretty much the only main city like the big enough where everybody just goes there for like you know 
for survival reasons, you know, and and they like because they're poor, like uh, they can't afford to like buy a house or anything like that. All they do is just set up camp in the in the gears, like the yurts, you know, felt tents, you know, and burn like you know unrefined like in you know, a raw coal, and it just produces like so much crap just spews it out right into the air and the whole like you know city is just like it's like cancer in the air and all these kids growing up they all have like you know respiratory problems like it's just horrible you know and no one can really see any kind of like clear solutions in any any like you know near future the government's pretty corrupt they just released this like list of um, it's like a small grant like small business grant right like from the government that meant for like everyone meant to be able to apply for it and receive it and then they released a list of recipients and 75% is like companies affiliated with the current uh, government like members <laughs> like the parliament members and uh, it's a big uproar at the moment but that's just the level of corruption that happens there, you know, people just embezzling money left and right. Mm-hmm. And come election time, it just changes. And people like, you know, elect new people into the government, but they have to learn everything again. And they're always in someone else's pockets and nothing just like gets better, you know? And those people in the margins, they're first to be left out, forgotten, you know? Like, they're like second grade citizens, you know, and it's just horrible. And some of the topics here, like I wanted to address that and, but it's more so about not me like pointing finger and saying like, you know, that's wrong or that's right, you know, like it's more like an emotional response. Like I just had to get it out of my chest in a way. And like when I was thinking about the solo show, I wanted like, you know, I was going through my head, like what, should it be about you know and I like because I study like you know arts like an art school it's more about like you know I kind of think about like theories and like concepts and like you know what what the work should mean or like you know what, what am I trying to say with this work and like I've at the same time I'm from like you know like affiliated with like graffiti culture like you know punk rock whatever you know like where I valued the honesty direct sort of like simple approach as well and it just came to me like well, I haven't done anything about the Mongolian sort of side of me in a, in a gallery setting really and I just wanted to do something and in many ways I'm seen as as an ambassador almost you know like this cultural ambassador guy who's spreading word about Mongolia, you know? And I have to, like, sort of take that into account, like, in my career to an extent, you know? Like, I don't want to be known as that Mongolian guy who does this, you know? Like, but I think it would, wouldn't be right if I didn't mm. either, you know? No, it's great. It's great to be, uh, like, you know, tackling issues that mean so much to you, like, through, through your artwork, instead of just going, oh, what can I paint that's going to look Yeah, like, exactly. You know? Um, yeah. And I'm going to try and actually, I'm going to do some prints and uh, do some fundraising for, for these NGOs in, in Mongolia who work with 
of children, like uh, they have a child protective services, and it's completely like uh, independent from the government, all funded through like crowdfunding, and they're called Lantundaho, and I've worked with them a couple of times in the past where they built these two buildings pretty much in the middle of the Gur districts in the, the worst area. Um, they bought some land and I think the overall cost was half, like half a million US or something, you know, but when I was like talking to the guys, they explained it's not from like big chunks of money coming in from like, you know, big companies or whatnot, you know. It's all like $5, $10 from regular people sending in money, you know. And they're really good at uh, campaigning on social media and like keeping everyone updated on the progress and what they're managing, what they're doing. And so like the whole place is built on donation and it's like three story, like small buildings, but it's amazing like to have that in that, in, in a spot like that. Uh, one of them is uh, the child protective services where the house like permanently can house up to like 30, 40 kids who've, victims of like you know sexual abuse child abuse domestic violence you know like and they can stay there with like if, if you're a single mom like need need protection like they can house them as well they have uh, like employees psychologists like uh, child psychologists and um like use talk about like you know using art therapy and all sorts of things to help these kids out and then on the other building is a kindergarten of library you know and also like you know rooms for workshops and stuff like that and everything inside the the complex it's like all the, all the playgrounds basketball courts like you know even the roads paved roads it's it's all by donation from companies and i went there last year and uh, brought along a couple of guys like graffiti kids you know like uh, local dudes from from back home and we just rocked off and said, like, you know, I had this, all these kids and like, all right, we can paint your stuff. Like, what do you want painted, you know? And they're like, oh, I want Spider-Man. I'm like, all right, we'll be Spider-Man. I want like this princess or well, anything they ask for, you know, like we just smashed it out in the day. And it just changes, like, and instead of just having a plain wall, now they have like this crazy wall. <laughs> and then I did another one where it was like three stories, like, you know, on the, one side where you can see it from the main road. I painted a portrait of the one of the girls who lived there, and just to kind of like make it prominent from afar, I guess you know. I mean, the building itself stands out, but now it stands out even more because it's you can see it from the from the road, and it's just this girl, big girl's face, you know. Uh, but even to do that, I had to get sponsorship from like you know a mining company to provide the boom lift. <laughs> And they even had to get like two cranes to lift it up to put it on this truck. So otherwise, like it's dirt roads, you can't really drive it up like easily. And yeah, so this like long convoy <laughs> had to pretty much like stop traffic through throughout the city just to get it over there. And and it was only like for a day, so I had to like rush it a bit. But uh, everything's like that there though. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like. Through that, I wanted like sort of, I, I developed like good relationship with these guys, and they're working on building the second uh, center on the other side of town, and so I want to like 
tell people more about them, explain what they do, and try and raise, like, you know, funds. And um, they have, like, a kind of like a monthly donation sort of schemes available as well, which we're going to have at the show. Um, yeah, like, very current, you know, like, issues. And I think, like, these day and age, you know, I don't think it matters so much that I'm I'm in Australia. It's, it actually even works better to be here and do this sort of work. Whereas in Mongolia, like even though like they do a lot, they, like whatever I can raise here would be like would mean a lot more back home, you know. So, yeah, because of the um, like currency exchange. And yeah, all that sort of stuff. yeah, and just in terms of like you know how I can like spread the word, mm. you know here you know like through internet and whatnot like through podcasts i can actually like get a like you know rich wider audience i guess you know? yeah so if anyone wanted to donate like how do they uh get in, get in touch uh so I'll, I'll give you the link it's lantuntaho.org i think how do you spell or, that oh, it's, okay so the the website is l-a-n-t-u-u-n-d-o-h-i-o.org cool so, uh, so what type of materials are you uh, working with for the show? Oh, yeah, so I've, I chose to work with dodgy paper. Um, I got uh, Roger to uh, make me a, a custom make this uh, blue batch with like gold flakes in it. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been quite challenging actually. All the all the works like A two size, um, and but I, I think it's. Um, I wanted, I wanted that challenge, I guess, you know. Um, one of the things, especially with my studio work, is everything, like, I don't, I'm not the guy who paints the same thing over and over, I guess, you know, like, uh, my brain jumps here and there, like, some, sometimes I want to do, like, really graphic sort of stuff, sometimes I want to do, like, very realistic sort of stuff, like, illustrative stuff, and, like, really abstract things, like, it goes, like, you know, from one extreme to the other, I guess, you know, but, for this show, I've decided if I confine it all at least to do on the same material, same size, same color palette even, then it's forced like, you know, into this, like in a uniform, like, you know, way to kind of link it all together. Cause mm -hmm. it's all still coming from me, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but at, at the same time, I need to have that really open sort of like brief, I guess, you know, like open, like way to tackle it because a lot of it's like you know coming from really different parts from from inside you know like like especially like my relationship with Mongolia is of this really deep love and family affection like really warm and but on the other side it's like you know just horrible stuff as well you know like all this like violence all this like you know corruption like every like you know people like just thinking backwards you know and so there's almost like repulsion on one side too and to kind of capture that I, I just wanted to like you know do it in as widely kind of possible way I can and but still make it look like a like you know one body work and yeah, it's like just the colors, especially, kind of I think make it work a bit, and yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, yeah. When does it open? So it opens on 22nd of November, um, six to nine p.m. Uh, One Veer Street, Richmond. 
yeah. Cool. Look forward to it. Yeah, and I've, I've actually planned this like whole installation involving like a smoke machine and video projection and stuff as well. So it should be interesting. Yeah. Good <laughs> stuff. Uh, so, um, yeah, we're getting to the uh, rapid fire question. All right. Section of the uh, podcast. Fire away. All righty. <laughs> so um, name one artist you think deserves more shine. Well, someone like Craig Cole instantly springs to mind, you know. Like, I think everybody should pay more attention to his paintings. Like, he, that guy can paint better than anyone I know, mm. literally, you know. Yeah. But just doesn't get much credit, I think, you know. Well, like, he could definitely use more, more attention, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, I used to skate with him when we were kids. Yeah, like, you, yeah. you guys go way back, you yeah. know. I met him, like, just through Blender Studios, you know. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's really nice dude, you know. Like, we click on many levels, I guess, you know. But, um... It's just like, ah, yeah, because I'm an idiot. I don't want to do all this gallery, this and that. Like, mm. But just, like, you know, look at his work. Yeah. It, like, ugh, crazy, mind-blowing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what's one skill you wish you had? Oh, man, I guess uh, I wish I wish I could fly. <laughs> 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 Painting walls would be easier. <laughs> Is that a uh, skill or a... Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I, I really wish I had, like, a bit more of a yeah like a brains for business side of it i guess you know because mm. i'm learning it now but wish i wish i learned it earlier you know yeah. yeah yeah it's a different sort of thought process doing all the business side of things isn't it yeah just and it with anything you know it takes a long time to kind of internalize it and like you know actually make it part of who you are mm. does that mm. make sense yeah because yeah. I'm still like you know struggling with it. I'm much better at it now, but when you when you look at someone else, you know, like it just goes completely like you know shows how behind I as well. Mm. And yeah, I got a lot to learn, and yeah, it's fun like seeing um, progress in that area though. Like I've noticed this in myself, like mm. since I've been you know self-employed, it's uh. You know, you do a good business deal and everyone walks away happy and you feel like, oh, I managed that one well. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, exactly that, you know, like just being able to negotiate and stand your ground when you need to or like give in when you have to or like kind of, you know, like being more strategic about what I do, I guess, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it is a tricky thing, when, it, especially when it comes to like creativity and like you know putting dollar sign on like you know value on something that it's really hard to value and so i think that's why it's taking <laughs> taking me a long time to actually uh, get my head around it but yeah it's it's progressing <laughs> yeah and um who's your favorite artist uh, i mean it's really hard eh, to pinpoint one person i guess but um I mean, there's like f always few, like, you know, different people in different kind of types of art, but like, what I really value in is someone who's just like uh, creative in general. Like it doesn't have like, someone like Venturi would be like perfect for that, you know, like he's like very creative artist person, you know, that it's not, not an artist in that, in like, you know, our sense, but like, you know, he's brilliant you know how he thinks how he tackles things and brings up like you know whatever ingredients and then just puts a like really crazy spin on things just 
the ability to look at things like you know your everyday things almost and then look be being able to look at it from this angle that no one else is seeing you know mm-hmm. to me like i value that a lot i think you know yeah a good creative mind yeah great yeah. one yeah um what advice would you give your younger self uh i would give myself advice just to start painting like you know earlier <laughs> i spent pretty much uh like i only started painting with color uh i think when i was like 24 or 5 or something you know everything before that was just black and white i i was drawing everything a lot like it taught me a lot about sort of how to render things like perspectives or like you know just working with light and shadow mm-hmm. and but i was so behind in like the painting game like tones working with like you know cool and warm tones and like working with like creating spatially like you know like uh, correct sort of images and stuff like that so the technical side of it you know um so i would tell myself just don't worry about like you know working black and white so long like just start like you know painting with color early you know yeah yeah but you got to sort of uh honor where you're at as well and like everything sort of like I, i think back as well and go oh why did i spend i wish i had like juggled art and graffiti side by side because mm. I, oh, for years all I did was graffiti I thought oh, if I was just developing my art a lot more but that's the way it is yeah you I know, guess you're still learning stuff you know? know and I mean like I stopped drawing mainly because I gave myself like pretty much RSI like I developed tennis elbow from drawing too much you mm. know and I was drawing like day and night non-stop pretty much and then working in a signage place where I had to like use this Stanley knife to cut like you know stuff all day long and then just the, the arm couldn't handle it you know and and that's what made me switch to painting more because it's like more shoulder more like you know wrist like well like the less wrist and like elbow and shoulder movement and also like i used to be like completely obsessed with cross hatching <laughs> so, like, just doing this like you know little lines constantly like was killing my arm and with painting you just mix the right tone and do it in one stroke you get the same effect you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and do you have a uh, like a dream project you'd love to do uh i don't know it's it's i'd love to yeah like i mean i'd love to do something with more creative freedom i guess you know mm. um like i'd love to paint big walls but like with more of my own design I suppose you know mm-hmm. and yeah I guess that would be <laughs> that would be the dream gig yeah and um and do you have any future plans and projects other than the exhibition that we've covered yeah right um yeah so there's the exhibition um and I've put uh, on hold a fair few jobs as well and um yeah um another silo I think I'll have to get right into it as well. Um, yeah, there's few other things on the horizon that still kind of haven't been finalized yet. So uh, yeah. yeah. And um, where's the best place for people to see your art online? Um, my website, hisco.com, h w s c o.com. Um, Instagram at 
Hisco. It's quite lucky to <laughs> everything is Hisco. Like if you just Google my name, I think yeah. you'll just get um, yeah everything. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty lucky. You don't have like you know you you know you're John Smith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although like uh, recently I was posting like um, Hisco.com was actually a website for this Iraqi heavy engineering equipment company <laughs> website. <laughs> And I had to settle for hisco.net, like for a couple of years. And then one day they forgot to renew the subscription, like the domain subscription. And I just, well, like I started getting emails from some random company saying, oh, would you would like, this is becoming available soon. Want to pay like, you know, buy for like 200 bucks, 300 bucks or something like that. And I'm like, uh, I don't know, like I kind of ignored it. And then when the day came, when it was actually like expired, I got it through my existing like for some like things like fifty bucks a year or something. <laughs> I just like grabbed it. I was quite lucky, but I still received these random emails sometimes saying like, "Oh, we have like we're suppliers of this like weird machine parts and stuff like that." I get tempted to place an order sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you can incorporate into your next exhibition. Maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and their logo is pretty amazing too, so I might do something with that. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right, well, thanks for taking the time to sit down. It's, no, uh, it's thank you very much for having me. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Bench Talk. To view images of the guest's artwork, follow us on Instagram at bench underscore talk or go to benchtalkpodcast.com. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes, subscribe via iTunes or follow Bench Talk on SoundCloud or Stitcher. If you like the podcast, don't forget to tell a friend. And thanks again for tuning in and stay tuned for next week's episode. See ya.